What is up, y'all? Hey. hey. How are things in Alaska? Great. I think fall is like here. The leaves are changing. There's snow up on the mountain tops. <laughs> and um, it's oh nice God. and chilly. And I've been picking berries. And this is like the bountiful time of year where everyone's hunting and picking berries and catching fish. So it's like my favorite time of the year. Yeah, you said the leaves are turning. It is brutal hot here right now. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Nope. People are getting their Ugg boots and their, what is it, pumpkin spice oh, lattes and Halloween decorations. Funny. <laughs> I feel like a sorority girl. That's it. <laughs> it sounds, sounds like a sorority girl. That's for sure. So um, Eskimo's husband is going hunting right after the show. So we are on a time limit. So let me give you guys a brief rundown of what is going on, and then we will get right into it. So if you didn't read the headline, tonight Eskimo is going to be talking about corruption in Alaskan schools. I will be talking about a pedophile who is beat to death in prison and my personal family story of pedophilia and some criminal justice to go along with it next on the Cajun and Eskimo show. From bayous to igloos. Yes, indeed. Right back at it. Short video. Yeah. Don't to give a an anger call in moment, please. We have many already, thanks to bootleg libertarian. We will see how that goes. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. <laughs> <laughs> oh my is correct. So and we don't. Uh, we don't. Listen to them before the show, so uh, it's all live, folks. <laughs> no vetting, but I trust Bootleg to do the right thing. Almost, we'll see. I don't trust him. <laughs> <laughs> but in the comments section, uh, Bootleg says, "Karma, bro." Yeah, I did kind of. Uh, I'm kind of good at the calling thing. I'm realizing. Yeah, kind of good at that. So we'll see what he has to say. Also, <laughs> we can find out about what Cumberland Cannabis Company has to say. Where you can get safe and effective weed, CBD oils, all of your natural ingredients to help lower inflammatory issues, other medical situations, right there online at Cumberland Cannabis Company, locally owned in Tennessee and doing fantastic things. Please check out Cumberland Cannabis Company. Cumberland Cannabis Company. Ooh, I might say that. <laughs> yeah, I might say that before the show, just as like a mouth exercise, you know, like peas and carrots, peas and carrots. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, a lot of people do that. Joe Hackman says, yay, weed. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. 
But you know, it's a lot easier to say. And what is a lot easier to say, Eskimo? <laughs> Joe Salaski for Pennsylvania governor. It is way easier to say Joe Salaski. He is the key to Pennsylvania success. Go check out Joe Salaski. I think I could say that three times fast. Joe Salaski, Joe Salaski, Joe Salaski. Yeah, see? Oh, it's yeah. to say. Very easy. Kill that. No question. Ta-da! <laughs> no, funny story about Tada, my toddler, my five-year-old. He uh, he likes to forget the ta off of it, and he just says da, right? And you go da, I'm like bruh. <laughs> Oh, that's so cute. It's cute. It is cute. Oh, that's wholesome. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So, speaking of five-year-old toddlers, Hmm. (laughs) school districts. So, um, I'm in the Matsu borough. That is what we have. We don't have counties. We have boroughs. And uh, I want to talk about some of the stuff that's going on with the school districts up here in Alaska. So, the Matsu School District or the Matanuska-Sisitna Borough School District, uh, it's a very large district. It's actually the size of West Virginia, uh, not population-wise, just area. So, which I don't right. know what fraction of sexist that would be, but. <laughs> <laughs> nice, self-burn, that's rare. Nice job. But yes, so the Matsu Borough is the size of West uh, Virginia, and we have about 19,000 students. So large area, um, but uh, kind of rolling away, but covers a big area, has a lot of students, 19,000. And uh, our superintendent is uh, Dr. Randy uh, Traney. Yes, his last name is Traney and his first name is Randy. Another Randy, another Randy. Oh, fantastic. So Dr. We like uh, Randy's, sorry. <laughs> Dr. Randy Traney was hired, um, May 2020, so a couple of months into like the pandemic, you know, so he's kind of fairly new here. Um, So last week, the school board uh, gave him a $20,000 bonus, $20,000 bonus. And it was a unanimous vote too. And uh, the reasoning was for continuing in-person classes throughout the pandemic. (laughs) <laughs> so he was doing his job let's give him twenty thousand dollars but uh we are actually reportedly one of the largest districts on the west coast to do this um and kind of how it worked it was a mixture so most of the days were in person but fridays were online and then if uh there was an outbreak in the school or a kid tested positive they would shut down the school for like a week or two and then resume um instruction so that's that's how they did that and um they did have masks mandatory uh however going into this school year it's going to be an optional thing but because school was open and in person they gave the money to the superintendent dr randy tranny twenty thousand dollar bonus fantastic yes please clap Yeah, and to put this into perspective, he's getting $213,150 a year as a superintendent, and then there's $25,000 a year that's performance incentives. 
So if you are just there, you get $213,150. And if you do your job, we'll give you $25,000 more. So this is um, part of his three-year contract. And uh, yeah, could you imagine like you sign on to a job and you just show up and you get money. But if you show up and do your job, you get even more money. Only the government would think this is a good idea. (laughs) Like I understand businesses having like incentive programs to help with their employees and stuff. But I find this rather odd I don't know. Like you could do absolute trash and you still get over $200,000 a year. Only the government would think that's a good idea. Yep. 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 That's not incentivizing. That's something else. Yeah. So there was only one teacher that has since testified against this, um, this bonus. And that is Kathleen Yerbich. I might be pronouncing her last name wrong. But Kathleen Yerbich, (laughs) um, she says that he already has a generous salary. And that's true. That is an amazing salary. If you made that much, I mean, wouldn't you be happy with 200,000? No bonuses. I mean, I don't need that incentive bonus. Just 200,000 a year. Holy cow. We would be so comfortable. Um, But she... She pointed out that um, many deserve recognition of this achievement, and that's the parents, the students, the lunch ladies, custodians, teachers, the people that were there in person interacting with the students, keeping the school running, not the superintendent. So, Hmm. uh, and she was quoted as saying, as I'm digging into my savings to buy extra composition notebooks, sets of storybooks, granola bars, cup of soup. I am saddened and bothered by the fact my school board is giving monies away unjustifiably. You're either out of touch with the constraints of budget or you don't care. Both are a violation of your job as members of a school board. Whoo, look at, I mean, she's not wrong. (laughs) How about that? She, I mean, She's right, though. I mean, she is the one that is there every day interacting with these students, and she is the one providing materials out of her own savings. And the school board is deciding to give uh, this bonus, this $20,000 bonus to Dr. Randy Traney. Right. That's where I push back on the fact that schools are underfunded. No, they are misallocating their resources. Sorry. Exactly. No, for sure. And there's a similar story with the Anchorage School Board. So Anchorage is uh, neighboring with the Matsu Borough. Um, Anchorage is our biggest town by far. But um, uh, anyways, they're definitely a lot bigger in terms of population and not area wise. Uh, So they have a lot more students. The Anchorage School Board is giving their superintendent a $15,000 raise. And that's for Dr. Dina Bishop. So um, this raises her gross annual salary to $250,000 a year. Oh. And a quarter of a million that, dollars. Sorry. Yeah. That's, a, that's a quarter of a million dollars. 
for people like bootleg Tennessee who can't math. <laughs> yeah. My bad. A large salary. I mean, there are people in Congress that don't make this much. <laughs> this is a huge salary sense. for a superintendent. So the reason for the $15,000 raise, though, is for keeping schools closed. Oh. Which is interesting. Perfect. And, um, yeah, the people in the Matsu borough are like, they're, you know, giving her a raise because she kept the schools closed. We're going to give our superintendent a bonus because he kept them open. And I'm like, you're focusing on the wrong person, folks. I mean, teachers were there. Superintendent yeah. wasn't there with the students. The teachers were the ones that had to battle through this. The parents, the students, the I mean, like Kathleen Yerbich said, there was the lunch ladies, the custodians, the teachers, the parents, all were involved in this. And I also found it interesting too that um, Dr. Dina Bishop, who's the Anchorage School um, Superintendent, uh, she was also in the news this week because, uh, so pretty much uh, this, this summer, they had the largest summer school program in the Anchorage School District. They had over 9,000 students, and they were in-person classes between June and August. During that time, there has been less than 10 confirmed COVID cases, and this is like students, teachers, staff, what have you, less than 10 confirmed COVID cases, and these cases happened outside of school, so it wasn't um, transmitted while at school. They didn't get it while they're at school. They were doing something else and they got it. During this time, masks were optional for students, staff, and parents, whether you're vaccinated or not. So you had the option of whether to wear a mask. Um, people took the precautions they thought were necessary and made the decisions themselves. And they were very successful on keeping down the amount of COVID infections. So now that we're going back into school for the fall, Dr. Dina Bishop is making masks mandatory. Even though they experimented right. with having that option of like, take care of yourself, make your own decisions, and it proved to be successful, she is doubling down and making masks mandatory for students, staff, parents, visitors, anyone that goes into the buildings, anyone. Hmm. <laughs> so, and this doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not. Uh, if you go outside, like for recess or something like that, you're allowed to have your mask off. But as soon as you're inside one of the school buildings, whether you're a student, staff, parent, or visitor, you need to have a mask. Even though this last summer, they've proven that when you make your own decisions, I mean, the, people are generally pretty good at keeping the COVID infections very minimal. I mean, these 10, less than 10 confirmed cases happened outside of school. Hmm. Who knows what they were doing? So even the uh, mayor, Mayor Bronson, who was newly elected this year because of a special election, um, Mayor Ethan Berkowitz had to step down. I think I had mentioned it in a previous episode because of a sex scandal. Yeah. <laughs> so, <That will> um, <laughs> but um, so 
Mayor Bronson has expressed strong opposition to this um, throughout his whole campaign. He has constantly said how he's against mandates. He wants people to make their own decisions for their own bodies because, oh, what a crazy concept. People can make choices about their own bodies. Yeah. Brown-breaking, brown Groundbreaking philosophy. Right? So... He is quoted as saying, I strongly oppose the Anchorage School District's back-to-school mandate and strongly encourage them to immediately reconsider. Masking choice has been successful in the Anchorage School District throughout the summer school session and can be successful now. And what's also crazy is um, Dr. Dina Bishop even admitted, too, that the optional mask um, policy was quite successful. So... I don't know why she is saying, all right, now you need to put on a mask. Like mandating it. Hmm. What? Yeah. Yep. I will I'll will be talking about a little bit of this here very soon on Monday. But if I talk about it right now on this show, it will get us nuked. So I won't. Keep going. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, that was just a side story that was also involved with all this stuff going on. But back to the raises and the mass amounts of money that's going to administration. So it's quite obvious that um, there's like this money and education problem that has been constantly a battle here in the U.S. And the issue is money is not going to where it needs to is the conclusion I think people need to draw for themselves. On average, we spend about $10,000 per student per year in the US and that fluctuates by state. So uh, like New York spends more than $22,000 per student per year. So depending on what state you're in, on average it's around $12,000. And spending has continued to increase as well, like exponentially so. The issue is teachers are micromanaged and underfunded. And so, uh, Cajun, if you want to throw up that graphic real quick. I had it, and it is here. <laughs> there we go. So looking at this graphic over the, uh, since 1970, you can see how uh, the bottom line there, the kind of gray line, that is like uh, the increase in student population. So we've had about an 8% increase in student population. And then the blue line above that is the increase in teaching staff. So we've had more teachers um, growing at a higher rate than the amount of students that we've been uh, getting. That large red line at the top there, that is non-teaching staff. So that's administration. So we have had this huge spike in non-teaching staff, these administrative positions. And not only that, they're taking these massive salaries I'm talking about just these school superintendents of these districts up here are making well over $200,000 a year. So that's just like in these school districts, we can look at the federal level too. Those folks are making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year as well and sucking up all of that education fund. So with the amount of non-teaching positions skyrocketing, taking these massive salaries and massive bonuses, patting themselves on the back for the work they've done with COVID and everything. Meanwhile, teachers are micromanaged and underfunded by this administration. 
why are enough people talking about this? I think you're going to see a lot of that being talked about very soon. It's already happening. Yeah, I think it's really important to note, I mean, the amount of work that teachers put in, I mean, you should be able to trust your educators that they will teach the students. When they're micromanaged and underfunded like this, this is why they're leaving the position of teacher in droves because it's exhausting and draining. They joined or they, they became a teacher for a reason, all right? They wanted to educate students. You don't see other professions like this that are so micromanaged and underfunded by this overarching administration where the people in DC who are literally thousands of miles away are telling teachers here how they should teach the student when the teacher is less than five feet away from the child there helping them through the math problem they have much more of an idea how to teach that child and cater to that child than these folks that were elected in who aren't teachers themselves thousands of miles away. I will give you another industry that very much mirrors the exact talking points that you're saying. I know of one other, or at least one other, but one other that is very similar, the healthcare industry. Yes, I don't think it's to the degree that we are seeing here, but yes, we do see folks that are in these administration positions sucking up all the funds and telling you how to do your job when you're the one that's supposed to be the expert in the field. Hmm. Crazy yeah. idea, right? That's what happens when you have government intervention on a massive scale. This is what happens because real, realistically what's going on here is the government's dictating what they can and can't do and is limiting the teachers, the educators' ability to have their opportunity to actually do their job. Exactly. There's been such an outcry for like someone should do something. Why doesn't the government intervene? Look at these That's scores and it's... I mean, oh, don't even get me on these standardized tests that don't even help these That's children. Right. And they're, oh, so the teachers have to teach the child for the test instead of helping them become the best individual they can be for society and excel in the fields that they want to. Nope, you got to fill in those bubbles, little Timmy. Yeah, standardized testing is a problem. So... I just wanted to bring this up. I mean, this issue has been happening in the last week or so um, in the my area and also the neighboring area of these massive bonuses that we're giving to the superintendents, patting them on the back for making a decision and doing their job. Meanwhile, our teachers and um, other staff that are there as educators, I mean, they're like, hey, what what about us? We were there. We had to work through this. Yep, got people in comments saying the same thing. They had to uh, work through the pandemic, didn't get any, any extra pay, just the money that, that was agreed upon during the initial hiring process, which is familiar. While the principal, who has done nothing, gets a $20,000 raise. That's fantastic. Superintendent. Superintendent. That's better <laughs> because he has no contact with the students at all. Exactly. So thank you for correcting me because now he looks like even more of an asshole. 
<laughs> exactly. So, and then teachers get like, what, teacher appreciation week and they get a stress ball that looks like an apple. It says, you are doing great. Meanwhile, someone's rolling in the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good yeah. job. And they're like, yay. While they're squeezing the That's stress ball. Nice. I've seen those. <laughs> Shaped like an apple. And they're just like, oh, and they rip off the stem. Like, oh. But for real, the real heroes here are the teachers, parents, and students that worked through this who were being so micromanaged and didn't have any room to wiggle and made best with the situation that they had with what little money that they had. Meanwhile, people are rolling in dough for making a decision. Literally, these bonuses are based off of whether they kept the school open or closed. And either way, they got a bonus. My mom has, my stepmom has been an educator for 30 plus years. Wow. Yep. She's about to retire this year. So got some extensive knowledge in that department. Not as bad, maybe, during the COVID crisis for Alaska. I'm not sure. It's just so different up there and in, in, in Louisiana. But, um, yeah. Teachers unions are a problem. Big problem. Our public education department is a problem. Big problem. We are suffocating the ability for our students, for our kids, to learn in the capacity and acceleration in which they deserve to learn. That is 100% due to government interference. And people like this guy, don't know his name, don't care. Getting a $20,000 raise for somebody who's not even an educator. He's a superintendent. <laughs> and his name is Randy. That's great. Not Randy <laughs> Johnson. I would like to say too, the people who made the biggest impacts in my life in my life has been the teachers, not superintendents or other administration. I mean, shout out to Mr. Berg for helping me with my civics. That's the reason I know so much about civics. Shout out to Mr. Berg and also to Mr. Geok for um nice. being a great role model in chemistry. And now I'm a chemical engineer because of him. Do you know who else is a great role model? Who else? Our friendly neighborhood mermail of muddied waters media, <laughs> Mr. Jack Casey himself. That is role modelish. If I've never seen a role model in my entire life, he is also a gay pirate. <laughs> Very majestic. It just gets better. You know what I'm saying? It's incredible. Yeah. This guy is amazing. You can support Jack Casey, who supports us by donating whatever he does. I don't know. By buying his books. Royalgreen.com. I have a better graphic. Let me get to the better graphic. But why would I? Because it is Jack Casey. You know what? I'll do it. There you go. But now you can see an eye from me and an eye from Eskimo. Just one eye. Oh, just, just one eye? Yep, oh, okay. Royalgreen.com. Should, should I lower myself to your level? Okay, there we go. Oh, <laughs> damn. Lower her. I'm not a booster that seat, it feels like. <laughs> I'm so heated. I need to cool down. <laughs> no, you're fine. No, it's, it's weird, right? Because uh, uh, Alex Flores says majestic AF. Joe Hackman says yeah. effing majestic. Yes. 
Oh, here's a great point. I'm not going to try to attempt to say that YouTube name XV Passive X. My civics teacher was our football coach. I learned more about the Vikings than I did the government. Shocked. That's a real thing if you didn't know. I actually had a really good civics teacher. I was speaking more towards the fact that uh, down here in the South where sports reign supreme, sports coaches will, you know, they can just kind of educate. I was going to say educate. It's not educate. They teach, quote unquote, teach a class so that they can get their uh, full funding. Your can says Alaskan. Yeah, it's from Alaskan Brewery. Oh. Look how is it, beautiful is this is. Is that a beer? No, it's, it's a hard, hard seltzer. seltzer. Oh, my It's kind God. of wet, sweaty. But look, it's like the Aurora Borealis Northern Lights. Isn't that pretty? It's mixed berry yeah. seltzer. It's wet and sweaty. That's what she Condensation. said. Yeah, condensation. <laughs> That's a biological Excuse fact. us, folks. Cajun went to public school. <laughs> <laughs> you went to, didn't you? Yeah, whatever. I know it's a public You're school. You're drinking a hard seltzer. How can you even knock on me right now? It's like a freaking spike. That's like a Sprite with a dash of I will sugar still beer. get drunk off of it. Yes, you will. Probably by the end of this episode, which is fantastic. I was hoping I could segue into a, another promo, but I am not. So I'm going to kick her off the screen, and we're going to go into this because we're at 31 minutes, So, which means we have about 29 minutes to finish off what we have going here so tonight i don't have any overlays for you what i do have are some incredible freaking stories that i would love to talk to you guys about before we do that let's do an anchor comment or two so that we can get everybody out the door when they need to we're gonna go with connie first you know why we're going to go with Connie first, Eskimo? Can you can you possibly deduct to the reasoning of why I would choose Connie Keller before any of these other anchor column moments? No, you don't have to. You know why? Because we can trust Connie. I love Connie. Connie's so great. Hi, Nolly from Cajun. It's Liberty Hi. Shamrocker. I was just calling to tell you guys that you're doing a great job. I know, Nolly, you've always done such great research. And Cajun, you're really stepping up your game. And I really thank you for the story you're doing this week. I know that it affects um, personally as well. And you're putting all the blood, sweat, and tears into it. And again, I just wanted to call and comment that you guys are doing fantastic. And I'm so proud to call you both friends. Thank you. Thank you, Connie. Absolutely the same. You are our uh Clubhouse, forgot the name of the app. Our Clubhouse Liberty Mom, and you are fantastic and phenomenal and a wonderful human being. Thank you so much. Did you want something to come? Connie's the best. I just love Connie. She's always so sweet and has this nice, like, I don't know, NPR voice almost, and it's just very calming at times, especially That's since, like, enough. Clubhouse can get heated. And it's really nice Very. to just have this little oasis and like, oh, Connie. Very <laughs> heated. Yeah, yeah. Connie's a great neutralizer. She's a great mature sound voice. Very wise. 
If you don't know, Liberty Shamrocker on YouTube, Connie Keller on Clubhouse and Twitter, or on Twitter, it's like Jim's Redhead or something. But yeah, her, her main platform is, is Clubhouse. She does a tremendous amount of work in promoting the podcast. I mean, an unbelievable amount of work promoting people like me. And, and, and of course, she should promote Eskimo. That's a given. But the fact that she would spend time on promoting me and bootleg libertarian, you know. But thank <laughs> you, Connie. It's freaking incredible the work you do. You put it in, Jimmy. Donald, we love you very much. Uh, we'll do two two more from bootleg before I get into mine because I want to make sure we're spacing this out correct so that Dan can get on the road and go hunt some bears and cut off some bear testicles and fry them up. Oh, you don't eat fried moose. So you're going to have to. Okay. So you're going to have to grill moose testicles. Fantastic. 58 minutes ago. Not a real libertarian. Bootleg libertarian. nothing there show it again there's nothing there one more time show this one <laughs> all right we'll come back to the anchor call in moments something is going wrong um, Connie's play just fine bootleg is not playing at all well, reason. we have to have some technical difficulties. I mean, otherwise it'd be weird. This is nah, money looks like it's, media, folks. <laughs> looks like it's him just trolling us. He has about like five of them in a row with no sound. Connie's work just fine. There's one. Let's do that one. This is bootleg again, and I just wanted to applaud Nalik for um, all the charity work she does, um, taking you know, someone like Cajun under her wing and uh, just uh, helping him out. Um, <laughs> there are those of us who uh, don't need that kind of assistance, but yet you, you offer you offer from the greatness of your heart to take a, a poor, defenseless young man such as Cajun and take him under your, your little Eskimo wing and protect him from all the bullies online. I just want to applaud you for that. And uh, even though taxation is set, I think you should be able to come along in Texas. Fantastic bootleg, and I appreciate your uh, astute analysis and absolute philosophical genius. Now we will get back to people that are actually employed by Muddied Waters Media. So, <laughs> mm, probably a tough one there. In other news, and we will get back to the other. I probably already lost my spot there. That's all right. There are even more anger calling moments coming in. Oh man, that's hilarious. Anyway, so to get my to get to my portion of the to get to my segment of the of the episode, I want to start off by reading you a quote from a prison inmate because that's how we do things here in my town. We read quotes, direct quotes, pull quotes from prison inmates here on Muddy Waters Media. You're talking the same institution, the same the same pod, and the same stall as the dude. That's like hitting the jackpot in the casino seven times. 
Let me read it again. You're talking the same institution, the same unit, the same pod, and the same cell as this dude. That's like hitting the jackpot in the casino seven times. I'm going to read you the context of the headline, all right? Not the actual headline, because the actual headline is very misleading and unfactual. So I am going to read you some content from the article that better explains the headline. Context headline. Goldsby is the name of this man. Attacked Munger, who's the name of the pedophile, in the common area. The report states that Munger fell and hit his head after Goldsby, the hero, attacked him. Munger fell and hit his head on a steel seat as he was lying on the floor, seemingly unconscious. Goldsby, the hero, reportedly punched him 14 times and then kicked and stomped on his head several times. So, this pedophile died in the hospital a couple days later. Context headline. Prison inmate beats pedophile to death with his bare hands and feet. If I wasn't going to get kicked off of the camera height-wise, I would have stood up for a standing ovation for beating a pedophile to death with his bare hands and feet. You can extrapolate whatever you want from that personal opinion. And you're going to find out real quick why. Well, yeah, yeah, obvious reasons why. Right? So, let's get into the story and the nuts and bolts of it. Why pedophile get his brains beat in death by another fellow inmate? In an interview with KHQ last year, Goldsby said he requested to be assigned to a new cell, but he was never transferred. The inmate said Munger then described how he had violated his sister in detail. Munger had been sentenced to seven months before to 43 years in prison for child molestation and possession of child pornography. So let's give some context. There was an inmate who was stuck in the same cell with a pedophile that raped his little sister. And then he beat him to death. That's the context. That's factual context. He was stuck in the same cell with the pedophile that raped his little sister. And then he beat him to death. Let's find out why. (laughs) Do we, though? Do we need to? Yes, because there is more to this story than what meets the eye. While this man was in the same cell of the person that raped his little sister, this man... Went through the proper channels. He went through the state. He went through the prison system. He went to the guards. He did everything he was supposed to do and saying, hey, please remove me from this cell because I can't be with this guy. Now, here is some real context. Here's a direct quote from Goldsby, the hero. He kept dot, 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 giving me details about what happened and what he did about the photos and videos of him doing this stuff, and it was building up, Goldsby told KHQ. 
how do you think you would react in that scenario? I would not have gone through the proper channels. That's for sure. That as a mom, this, this subject keeps me up at night. Yes. Jesus Christ. Yes. Prison justice in the comments. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Yes, this is prison justice. Not all prison justice needs to be served, but this one is well served. And again, to Mr. Golby. Cheers. Stuck in the same cell with the person that raped his little sister who was a minor pedophile beat him to death with his bare hands uh it's i think i recorded the the something like he 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 attacked him dude fell hit his head and then he like punched him and stomped on his head like 14 times after that This okay. is the proper response. Sorry if you don't like it. To me, this is not a violation of the NAP. This is justice. This is justice. I've heard other pontificators say, oh, well, he needed to be executed by the hands of the state. No. Nope. Nope. He should have been beaten to death with somebody else's bare hands because this is the most disgusting and evil vile behavior and i fully support and condone mr goldsby the hero and his actions and beating this man to death with his bare hands he kept giving me the details about what had happened and what he did about the photos and videos and him doing this stuff it was building up goldsby told khq now goldsby did come back and apologize for some things he said he's got a lot to work on he shouldn't have reacted in that manner agree to disagree but i'm not the one serving another 25 years because of it and we'll get to that as well so goldsby pleaded guilty to second degree murder Goldsby was sentenced to 298 months in prison, which is just under 25 years. Allow me to adjudicate this court case right here live. Guilty of murder. First degree. Premeditated in prison of a pedophile. The result. Early release for good behavior. Thank you, sir. Maybe a verbal warning. Please don't brutally beat pedophiles with your bare hands to death. Maybe. Please. Now go on about your day, sir. And thank you for your service. The world's a better Wash. place for it. Much better. Washington State Patrol investigation found that protocols were followed. Protocols were followed and that there's no evidence suggesting screening staff should have known about the conflict between the hero and the pedophile. What? What? You didn't know 
that this was the older brother of the little girl that this monster did this to because they didn't have the same last name. Because apparently in this century, we don't realize that people have step parents. Great job, Washington State. So once again, you've caused a man an extra. T- you can say what you want, okay? I, I, you can say what you want. People are responsible for their own decisions. Yes, but in this scenario, what would you do? This it, this falls directly on the hands of the state. Directly. If they had done their jobs, then this man, the hero, Goldsby, would not be spending an extra quarter century in prison for beating a man to death that probably deserves worse than that. Early release on good behavior for beating a pedophile to death. In my personal opinion, have your own. It's fine. Uh, I'd probably poll 100% of my community and 99% would probably be okay with what I'm saying right now. Uh, Yeah. So thank you, Mr. Goldsby, for doing that. Thank you for making the world a better place. You, sir, deserve a medal. If I were the president, I would give you the Medal of Honor. I would. You are a hero. Mr. Goldsby. Now we have one less child predator on the streets who probably would, and we're about to get into some of this, who was not going to spend the rest of his life in prison. But now we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to worry about one other single child being harmed by this individual because he was beaten to death by this hero, Mr. Goldsby. The older brother of the victim at hand. So thank you, Washington State for having that happen. Although Washington state, the officers, the, the adjudicating bodies, whoever decided that this was going to happen in the same cell. Now there's other things in the article where he, he thinks there's a conspiracy theory on, I wasn't going to go into all that because we're short on time already, but thank you, Mr. Goldsby. I again, and I will applaud every single person that does this to child predators every time unapologetically so now let's get into some of the nuts and bolts of how the justice system works because this is very important i'm going to give you a quick personal story of mine i I reached out to my wife's family to make sure that it was okay that i talked about this Uh, my father-in-law was tried and convicted in 2009 of four counts of unlawful touching of minors He was supposed to get eight years per count. That would equal 32 years. Only eight eight years per count, which would amount to 32 years. My father-in-law touched, he unlawfully touched minors, all the girls, and then physically beat my brother-in-law in in extreme, extreme situation. Um, he, He got four counts of all unlawful touching of a minor. Eight years per count, which would equal 32 years. The judge decided to run them congruently. He served eight total years. He's out of prison right now. He's been out of prison for a couple of years. This is a real story. This is my family. 
My wife went through this. My wife and her sisters have been through this. My brother-in-law, everybody I know on my wife's family has been through this. He got eight years. For whatever it's worth, it suffices to say that my father-in-law has been blind since he was a child. He had glaucoma. It killed his his eyesight since he was a small child. And same with my mother-in-law. Actually, my whole wife's family is aided with glaucoma. But that being said, there is some relativity to the information that the judge probably had some compassion on the fact that my father-in-law is blind. Why? Fuck that. Why? Who cares? Who cares? My wife and her family, her kids, or I'm sorry, we have kids now. They've never met that father. I've never met my father-in-law. He's been out of prison for two years now. He, he was tried and convicted in 2009. He was out in 2018. He's or 17 or 2008 to 2018. Nine years, eight years, whatever. My math sucks right now because I'm pretty upset. Um, so he spent eight years in prison for sexually molesting four girls, his own children. Eight years. I'm not going to go into all the details of what happened. I will tell you that for almost a year, my friend, my wife and her sisters had to spend, again, almost a year in foster homes under the supervision of DHS. All right. So, again, we're talking about government and involvement because of the whole court proceedings hearing and everything that comes along with that. And so my, my wife and all of her sisters and brother were removed from their home and placed into DHS custody and foster homes for almost a year. And then when the vast majority of them got out, they went into a program that was geared for, and I've worked with and for this institution called the Father's House, which is really um, engineered and revolves around abuse, substance abuse, and and it's, it's a women's home for drug addicts and alcoholics but miss dawn stubblefield the uh, matriarch of that organization said no because everybody knows about the situation my father-in-law would bring the kids and the wife to church every time the doors were open they were told what they could say when they could say it and who they could say it to at all places at all times it was a very disturbing childhood um again that's about as many details as i'm gonna offer at this point in time but my father-in-law has been out of prison for two years at least he served eight years why is that important and relative first of all i felt justice was i'm not saying that i believe i'm not trying to bash my father-in-law i want to go into what the criminal justice system is Again, I've never met the man, never will. That's a decision that my wife has made, and I will respect every decision she makes for that in that scenario because I have no dog in that fight, but whatever she tells me to do, that's what we'll do. We've all forgiven him to the Christian degree that we are supposed to. doesn't mean we have to have a relationship from with him. Now, 
we have one pedophile that was beat to death in prison. We have another pedophile in my family did this to my wife and her sisters who is at home right now sleeping comfortably in his bed getting home cooked meals enjoying the memorization of his home because remember he's blind so the comfortability factor there is a major deal for people that are blind when they get used to an area or arena that's very nostalgic to them it's very comfortable it's very aesthetically pleasing in all of those fancy words so right now he's sitting at home um getting home-cooked meals and, and and not having to worry about prison anymore let me tell you a story about somebody that is still dealing with prison tamika drummer and this should be in the comp pinned in the comment section because please for the love of god Go sign this petition. I'm reaching out to Matt, right? I'm reaching out to Spike. I want this story blasted everywhere we can. Because in contrast to the story I just told you, this is unbelievably horrible. Horrible. A life sentence for less than two ounces of wheat. You can find this article. There it is right there. Change.org. Ashley Greer Smoot, my teammate. She's also, you know, AshleyByLuxury.com. Fiercely by Ashley.com. That's the petition link for you to assign. Let me explain to you why. In contrast to the last story that I just told you about my father-in-law and the first one, Let's dive into this for a few minutes. We only have a few left. Because of Mississippi's habitual offender laws, a mother of four is serving a life sentence without the possibility of parole for possession of less than two ounces of marijuana. Oh, my God. We talk about this. We have pedophiles, rapists, and murderers walking the streets, and we have people serving a life freaking sentence for weed. This isn't a joke. This is real. Now you've watched me beautifully segue into criminal justice reform. Let's go further. There's the link in the comment. Go sign the petition. <clears throat> Excuse me. Tamika Drummer. In 2008, Drummer was sentenced to life in prison. She was driving without a car tag in Alcorn County in Mississippi. Without a car tag. People didn't have a car tag. And she's serving life in prison without the possibility of parole. Police searched her car and they found less than two ounces of marijuana. She actually had the brand new tag in her back seat. You can find this article. MississippiPolicy.org mississippipolicy.org this isn't even a news article this is straight from the mouth mississippipolicy.org mississippi center for public policy real story they found the tag in her back seat tag was there they arrested her anyway she still got life in prison without the possibility of parole for weed 
while pedophiles walk the street. A November 2019 analysis found that over 2,600 people have been incarcerated under these statutes. Talking specifically about the um, the statutes are habitual offenders in the state of Mississippi. All right, I'll give you a little. She was a, a convicted of a violent crime when she was 15. She was arrested the the third time when she was 34, I think it was, for the weed, and now she's serving life in prison. Life didn't do anything to children; just had some weed. But now her children get to spend life without her. If this story passed upon every person's ears in this country, in this state, how many taxpayers do you think would actually say yes? Yes, I'll support that. That's where I want my money going. <coughs> None. Zero. So wake up. This, this is these are the stories that need to be told. They need to be told because if every taxpayer in their state heard that this was going on, I imagine that there would probably be some protests. We're going to let pedophiles go home, but we're going to keep weed people that are arrested for flowers in prison for life while you front the bill. You front the bill. Let's talk about that bill, shall we? Yes, we shall, because I have the microphone and the camera. A November 2019 analysis found that over 2,600 people have been incarcerated under these statutes. Excuse me. <coughs> this includes 906 people serving. This is in Mississippi. 906 people serving 20 years or more in prison and 439 people serving life sentences. There are 48 people, 48 who are serving life sentences for drug charges while the pedophiles go home and get to spend time with their families and live in their beds and be comfortable. But 906 people serving life sentences, serving 20 years or more in prison, 439 people serving life sentences. There are 78 people who are serving life sentences for drug charges alone. Drug charges. Drug charges. Life. Taxpayers. That's you. Hey, that's me. Taxpayers. What are we spending? Taxpayers are spending about $20,000 per year to house Drummer. By the time Drummer is 70, taxpayers would have spent $700,000 on someone who is in prison for less than two ounces of marijuana. This isn't even a fact. Uh, I'm sorry, this, even, this isn't even in question. I'm looking at comments. This is a numerical fact. You can go right now and find this information. Mississippi Public. Let me make sure I don't get it wrong here. MississippiPolicy.org. Go check it out. Tamika Drummer. There is a petition for her, and it, like I said, it's been posted in the comments, for the governor to pardon her. 
Why the f- is that even needed? What are we doing? What are we missing? While pedophiles, rapists, and murderers walk the streets and get to go home, but a mother of four who was arrested 16, 12, 16 years ago, her, her youngest daughter was four years old when she was pulled over and arrested. That daughter is now 16 years old, not having known her mother. By the way, single motherhood in this country is a massive killer to families and detrimental to children. Single motherhood is. So the state is effectively causing and reciprocating more detrimental activity. Shocked, right? We're libertarians. But we may not be the only people that watch this show. And that's why I'm talking about it the way I am. Because somebody's going to come across this show that isn't libertarian, that doesn't believe this, and they say, you got to be kidding me. This is going on in our country? Yes! Many times over in every state. Taxpayers are spending about $20,000 per year to Al Strummer, who was arrested and in prison without the possibility of parole. $20,000 per year. After a series of criminal justice reforms, Mississippi continues to have the third highest incarceration rate in the world. The world. The world. Third highest. Does that include the pedophiles? Apparently not. They get to walk free. Unless you're in the other prison where you get beat to death. Which, to me, is justice. But not here. Here, you get to go home. Unless you got some weed. Then you're the third highest incarceration rate in the world. More than all but two other states in every other industrialized country. You heard that right. You heard it right. I'm going to read the whole stat again, even after a series of criminal justice reforms. So we're not even talking about what was going on here prior to reform. Reform. We're talking about post several criminal justice reforms in this state. Even after a series of criminal justice reforms, Mississippi continues to have the third highest incarceration rate in the world. More than all but two other states in every other industrialized country. Every other. More children grow up with just one parent in Mississippi than any other state in the country. Single parenthood is detrimental to children. Detrimental. And the state is causing this. Your state, Mississippians. This is your government that is doing this through victimless crimes and letting pedophiles and rapists and murderers of the worst walk the streets. I will gladly pay the $20,000 a year for violent criminals to stay in prison. What I will not stand for is for nonviolent criminals to be locked away without the possibility of parole for life while pedophiles and rapists and murderers walk the streets. 
Here's the last pull quote I'll give you. And I want to give you the, the author of this article. He's a young man. He's younger than me. And um, I, I, I'm going to get with this guy. I'm going to meet him. And I'm going to hug him. Hug him for this article. At the end of the day, we're not safer because Drummer is in prison for the rest of her life. Her children are not better off by being raised by someone other than their mother. And taxpayer money could certainly be better invested in someone else. Brett Kittredge, K-I-T-T-R-E-D-G-E. A young man that was bold enough to tell us the story. Very young. This was on Wednesday, August 26th of 2020. I clicked on this article. Or I'm sorry, I clicked on the link many times. I've clicked on I've read through the article many times. It's it's tough. Um 115,635 have signed this position, this petition. Let's get to 150,000. And I can see right now, looking at the article, that many of you have already signed. Tamika Drummer is a 46-year-old mother of four serving a life sentence without the possibility of parole for possession of less than two ounces of marijuana. I gave you the rest of the story. And there you go. Roller coaster of emotions. For that, you know, but needs to be um, needs to be said, needs to be heard, needs to be regurgitated by every single one of y'all. Please like, share this video. We need criminal justice reform so bad in this country that it is literally nauseating and despicable beyond any belief possible. I uh. I don't want to say this. Regardless of what I... Go ahead. I would say the hardest part is this isn't an isolated event. And I know of similar situations happening in Alaska and any other state. And this is just an example, folks. This isn't like an outlier. This happens every day. Unfair justice being carried out and our tax dollars suppressing those that didn't didn't hurt anyone but meanwhile we have individuals that have severely hurt people in the worst way that are walking free home with their families we have this is a lot of this is why libertarians are so against how do i put it when it comes to criminal justice reform and our tax dollars, our money is not being used where we agree it should be used. And that's why libertarians are so advocate about taxation and stuff, because our money is being taken from us and suppressing those that shouldn't be suppressed. No. 
I can't even go back through all the comments. There's so many. Just please click on the comments and sign the petition. Please sign the petition. I will uh I'll be reaching out to our governor and doing what I can with a little bit of clout that I have with this platform and trying to get Tamika out of prison and maybe we can have a spot open for somebody who has been violent to innocent and we'll see how it goes but I need your help I need your signatures I need you to share I've reached out to Matt and um, we've shared it on Muddy Waters and I'm hoping Spike's going to talk about it. I think that he will. And then we can uh, we can try to do what we can do to get her back to her children. I can't even imagine. No, it hurts as a parent hearing this. I can't imagine being away from my child for 12 years. Wow. On track to spend life. Unless we, the people, intervene. It's going to take us, if enough of us talk about this and we push this around. He will have no choice but to sign that petition and get her out of prison and get her back to her children. And then we can open up a um, a spot for people that really need to be there because you're already paying for it. Sorry. So what I'm not sorry for is the fact that we have many libertarians, like-minded libertarians that are have they express the same passion, same sentiment, and they're running for office and they want to affect change in our communities and they want to see this type of severe injustice ended. And one of those people is Jonathan Reels of Alabama's second district. Jonathan Reels is running for U.S. Representative of Alabama's 2nd District, and he needs to raise $5,000 to be considered a candidate. You can donate to him at www.jonathan.cash. That's www.jonathan.cash for Jonathan Reels. Jonathan Reels, 2nd District of Alabama. Sorry, I, I was not expecting to get emotional there. Um. It's an emotional subject that I think people do need to get emotional about and realize the significance of this story because it's not an isolated story. Like I said, there's many people affected in this way. So very, very many. I I imagine that if I spent the next six months just on this alone, I could probably find hundreds or thousands of incidents of similar substance. The same. The same through every state. I imagine through all 50 states, 
this isn't an I we know for a fact this isn't an isolated incident so we it, none of these are it's just it you're not going to hear about them because then it makes our justice system look bad and our justice system is bad but Jonathan reels is not so please donate to Jonathan reels he needs five thousand he's going to get there it's going to be great did you want to plug our other Mighty Waters Media programs, Eskimo. Yeah, other people doing good stuff. Um, on Mondays, uh, there's the Bearded Truth, Mr. Bearded Truth. That's um, right. And then with uh, Jason Lyon. And then on Tuesday, there is uh, Muddy Waters of Freedom with Spike and Matt together. And then on Wednesday will be uh, My Fellow Americans with Spike. On Thursday will be The Writer's Block with Matt Wright. And then Friday, you're right. Oh, actually, uh, did I talk with you that I'll be gone yes. next Friday? Okay. Yeah. So we won't have a show next week, but the week after I'm free. So The week uh, after I'll be in Memphis for their little convention, but I'll probably just go live. We can just schedule another day. We won't miss two weeks in a row. Otherwise, I can make a big enough story and take up the whole time and you'll just be like, yeah. What she said. Yeah, what she said. I do that all the time anyway, except that's what she said. Also, that's what she said is Tom52.com. That is what she said. Because you can go to TOMFOR52.com right there. I never know what's going on with this. Tom52.com. Hit the donate button right there. Right there. There's the button. Yeah, it's over there. There's the Tom. T O M F O R 52.com. Thomas Daniel Queter. There's no quit in Queter. Thomas Daniel Queter for the 52nd District of New York State Senate. Senate. Please go to Tom 50. If you add a slash FTG, then you will absolutely get to enter the meme contest and check out some merchandise. You can even put Thomas's face on your drunk with a nice bikini thong. Or whatever it is he's selling over there. I'm too scared to look. But I will habitually say Tom for 52.com because he pays me to do it. Tom for 52.com. That's T-O-M-F-O-R-5-2.com. Oh, my. <laughs> Anything else you have before we bounce out of here at one hour and almost 16 minutes? We're close. Actually, yeah, there is something I forgot to put in the notes. Uh, next Monday, I will be attending an event in Whittier, Alaska, starting at 4 p.m. And uh, it'll be the official announcement party for Sean Thorne and his candidacy for U.S. Senator of Alaska. So um, right now we have Lisa Murkowski, so he'll be up against Lisa Murkowski. And we have a libertarian candidate for U.S. Senator. So that will be really exciting. I will be at that event and um, be sure to go check out his uh, website, which is pickshawn.com.org. I think it's .com. Oh, pickshawn.com. I'm looking at it <laughs> yeah. right now in the comments. Yeah. So you, I Josh. will actually be at that event. And um, so if you want to meet Sean, meet me, have a fun time, it'll be in Whittier, Alaska at the nice. Commons Room. Uh, by the way, in Whittier, everyone lives in one apartment building. What? Not even joking. The entire population of Whittier lives in it's like one apartment building. So at the <laughs> penthouse suite, pretty much is a community room, and that's where it'll be. Wow. Fun fact. 
So at, that'll start at 4 p.m. and it'll go till 8 p.m. And um, also there's a tunnel that you have to take to get to Whittier. So kind of check the schedule of the tunnel when you're allowed to go through. I'm not even joking, folks. <laughs> like there's one tunnel and it's one lane and trains go through it. So there's a schedule that you have to follow to go through it. <laughs> Turn left at the Usyk. No. <laughs> you need you need a written map, a uh, topographical map. You need your Google Maps if you have service. And you there's need a polar bear a, wizard at the entrance. Yeah. To, to, to travel the links and depths of the Alaskan tundra to get to an apartment complex, apparently. <laughs> it houses the entire city. It's a tunnel that goes through the mountain, and I can even do an episode about like that whole thing. But yeah, it's a tunnel that you have to go through the mountain, and it's three miles long, and it's the only way to get there. And that's where it'll be. <laughs> so I'll be at that event on Monday, starting at four p.m. Alaska time. Which is what in normal human being time. <laughs> 8 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, like Eastern yeah. time people are going to yep. be wine photos. Yeah. 8 p.m. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that's the only other thing I wanted to plug. I'll be there. Nice. Concomo says, great fishing and yes, berry picking out there. Yes. I might go There's berry a... picking <laughs> or fishing. Alex Flores says, there's a troll at the entrance asking your name and your quest. <laughs> That's hilarious, Alex. Thank you. All right. Anything else we need to talk about? Because we're not going live next Friday. So a great episode to end from the corruption on the public education system and the corruption in our criminal justice system. Is there anything else that you want to drop before we Get out of here, and I guess get on Clubhouse. Nope. I'm good. Meet us on Clubhouse, nope. folks. Meet us on Clubhouse. But thank you very much for tuning in tonight. I thought it was an absolutely phenomenal show from the very first second to the very last ending. Thank you very, very much for tuning in. This is the Cajun and Eskimo show. Advocating Goodbye. for a freer world. Nope, I bet I messed it up. <laughs> this is the Cajun Eskimo Show. Advocating for a freer world. From bayous to igloos. This is See the way folks. we do it. Mutter Waters. Bye, y'all.